Welcome to the Confidence Coach Podcast with me, Andy Tickner, the Confidence Coach. So a little about this podcast. As a coach, my sweet spot is really to empower women to navigate their corporate career with confidence, but in a way that feels truly authentic and in alignment with who they are. You know, I've spent over 30 years in corporate myself, and so I know only too well the challenges of what it's like to strive to be yourself in a world where convention rules. So whilst corporate might be my world, I'm anything but conventional. And so I wanted to create this podcast as a way to connect you with inspiring everyday women who are living their truth. You'll find women here who are unapologetic about who they are, women who are following their spirit, women paving their own way and making up their own rules, and women living in integrity, authenticity, and alignment with really what sets their heart and soul on fire. What you'll hear are conversations that are vulnerable, they're honest, they're real. What you'll hear are everyday women and their incredible stories of what's possible when you start to show up in this world fully as you. And to be that person takes confidence. So if you're looking for inspiration, a permission slip, and the tools, tips and tricks to have the confidence to step into your truth, let go of who you think you're meant to be and start being who you are, then this is going to be life-changing for you. On with today's episode. This week on the podcast, I am joined by Rebecca Den, or as you'll come to know her more fondly, Bex. Oh, Bex is such a wonderful human, and it was just a pleasure to have her join the Confident Woman program last year. For those that aren't aware, the Confident Woman is a program that I launched in 2020 where I bring together six women over six weeks to give them the tools and support to help navigate their corporate career with confidence. Really, this is a way to help them achieve more fulfillment, more success and more enjoyment in their work. And to know that what they're going through, everybody else also experiences. So to be able to share those challenges and those scenarios with one another and have that support to be able to keep moving forward was just so, so uh, valuable for them. And really importantly, in an environment which is typically very conventional, I show them how they can do this in a way that feels truly authentic to who they are. So I wanted to bring Bex on to talk about her experience going through the program, her biggest lessons, biggest aha moments, what she got out of the program and where she's heading next as a result. We talk about definition of success, expectations, results, and being on the journey of growth and coming home to yourself. We talk about why everyone's journey is unique to them. And this is a really important part. And really interestingly, we talk about what you get out of it is just what you need and it might not be what you think. And why the most important work we can do is on ourselves. Oh, this is such a fun conversation. Yeah, I would just like to flag that we get into some deep conversations, particularly around relationship to food. So that might be triggering for some. So I just want to do the right thing here and just make you aware of that before you head on into the episode. I just want to end this by saying I've got so much gratitude and love to Bex for being so vulnerable and brave and courageous in sharing her story and for just being a total legend. I loved, loved, loved this episode so much, and I'm sure you will too. Before I invite you to head on in, if you're listening to this and you're feeling like help is what you need, then please reach out to myself or find someone that can really support you, whoever that might be, whether that's psychologist, a healer, another coach, a mentor, guide, friend, family member, please make sure that you get what you need because you're never alone. On to today's episode. Thanks for listening. So welcome to the podcast, Bex. It's so awesome to have you here and I'm loving seeing you over the other side of the world in the UK. How are you doing? Uh, Hi, Andy. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Um, I'm pleased actually because normally when we Zoom, it's pitch black over here, but the sun's actually out and it's uh, not pitch black. So I'm happy about that because I can see your lovely sunny morning over there or evening rather. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm good. Uh, I've had my first week back at work this week um, after the Christmas break, which is always a bit of a shock to the system. But um, I came out the other side and I'm all right. 
<laughs> and I've had a lots lots of relaxation this weekend to prepare for Monday. So yeah, I'm I'm doing good. Yeah. Well done. But you're working from home? Yeah, so we're in proper full lockdown now. Um in over in the UK, sorry, I should say I live I live in the UK. Um so we're in I don't know, lockdown three, I think it is. Um and pretty much uh Boris's rule is if you can work from home you should work from home so we're all we're all working from our kitchen tables uh, which I've pretty much been doing since March um, so it's not it's not anything new but it's becoming more challenging I think um, the more people I talk to over here it's it's just becoming a bit more of a strain people are starting to feel I suppose a bit more isolated than they did uh, in the summer um, and you know it's starting to take its toll I think on a lot of people so, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's tough, but you're managing managing to get outside and yeah, I mean, see people, stay yeah, in touch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I live by myself, so I think there is really the impetus there to make sure that you are seeing people. But you know, we we have to sort of play by the rules because you know, lockdown over here is for a reason. Of course, it's uh, Corona is you know at peak. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm seeing friends outside, you know, that we're allowed to do if you live by yourself, but it's so freezing, Andy, like you forget, I think when you're living over in Sydney, um, how cold it gets. Um, and it's, you know, there's frost on the cars this morning, put it that way. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And conversely, it's been a 30 degree day today here in Sydney. All right. Never mind. Never mind all that. <laughs> Never you mind sat there in your vest. <laughs> Oh, a singlet for the Aussies singlet. that are listening. Yeah, sorry, singlet. And I was about to say, I'm all ragged up over here, as they say. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I really am. I've got the heating on. I've got the log fire going. It's bloody freezing. So yeah, um, it, it's fine. It, 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 you know, you just have to get on with it, don't you? It, there's a, there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the corona. But it's just this period is quite ta- taxing, I suppose, is the word. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, completely. Well, I'm really pleased that you're here. Obviously, today we're here to talk about you and your experience of being on the Confident Woman program last year. And I think it's just such an important story to share with people because it's not just about the results that you achieved from that program, but also the catalyst of change that it created in your life and how you might be moving forward now, which I think is going to be so helpful to other people. But before we get into that and all of the questions that I have for you around that and just you talking about your experience, um, I'd love for you just to talk a little bit about who you are, your background. Obviously, we know that you're in the UK and just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your journey. Yeah, sure, Andy. Um, so yeah, I, I live in the UK, as you know, but I'm I and I grew up here, but I actually lived in Sydney for sort of four years of my life, which is how I know you, Andy. That's um, right. So um, I currently I'm a content editor. I do a lot of branded content. Um, for various kind of global brands I've worked with I don't know probably about 100 brands in my in my in my career uh, but at the moment I am an editor for a wellness brand over here so I do a lot of fitness and con- uh, fitness well-being content digital and print content um, and but my background really is kind of doing comms for brands via kind of agencies so I in a way you might say and again this was something that came up a lot on the program was the idea that you know we sort of fell into these roles and you know you you skill yourself up along the way and I would say that was very much my journey so I kind of went to uni you know I got my A-levels I went to uni wasn't really sure what to do um, came out did work experience you know you're sort of propelled aren't you along this path and I thought, oh, I really enjoy this. So I stuck with it. And, you know, I'm, I'm pleased I did. And actually something that came out of the program was I realized that I'm, I'm really, f- sorry, swearing already. You can swear. <laughs> it's okay. I'm really good at what I do. And, and actually challenging weeks like the week that I've just had, actually uh, a reminder of that, you know, I have 
art director to shoot remotely this week. I've been commissioning. I've been working with a client. I've been editing. I've been writing. I've been working with freelancers, you know, and it's very much a plate spinning act, I like to call it. And and this week has proven, oh, it's not proven. You know, I know it in my heart, but it's just a reminder that actually, Bex, do you know what? You're good at what you do. So at the moment, I'm sort of straddling freelance and permanent role. Um, essentially doing, as I say, a lot of writing, a lot of editing. Um, but yeah, my background, I, I've worked in, in London, obviously, for a long time. Um, and I decided, you know, when I lived there and worked there, I was going from one job to the next. And, you know, you become kind of, I don't know, I suppose, complacent about the work you're doing. And I thought I need a challenge. What's what can I do? I could get another job over here, or I could do something really challenging. And I decided, you know what, sod it. I'm going to move to Sydney. Um, I'm going to move there by myself. I'm going to move there with uh, no job. I mean, brilliant idea this is. But I'm going to move there. <laughs> no job. I know five people there. You know, I've been there for three days in my whole life. But I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Sydney, man. Um, no job, nowhere to live. And I just thought, sod it, I'm going to do it. And I went and I, you know, did the classic. I'm going to, I'm going to stay here for one, one year. You know, it's the story you hear over and over and again, right? I'm going to move here for a year. Um, and I did, a year went and then suddenly it was four years. Um, yeah. and of course I worked with you there, Andy. We worked in Manly together. Um, right. on the beach which was um you know absolutely the opposite of what I'm doing at the moment um from my, <laughs> from my spare room um but yeah and and I and I moved back three years ago and I'm pleased I did look don't get me wrong I feel I, I do a part of my heart is still in Sydney but mm. it was the right thing it was the right thing to do I think because I've managed to buy a house by myself I've managed to go freelance and I've managed to do various other things, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But I think it was the right time. It was the right time for me to move back. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. And I think what's really interesting as well about you just talking about your background and you know how good you are at what you do is that sometimes we have this myth, I think, that it's like, oh, why would we seek out a... Uh, a program called the confident woman when we are ambitious successful capable we can be all of those things and still experience some level of self-doubt imposter syndrome lack of confidence not sure who we are how do we work through some of the challenges and scenarios and things that come up in any environment particularly for this program was obviously very focused at the time around career and being in the corporate world and so I'd like to move from that into asking you what what called you to join the program you know what what was yeah um why did it why did it reach out to you yeah so Andy a bit like you I'm an, uh, an early worm an early riser um so I often find myself kind of scrolling on Facebook and Insta and LinkedIn you know I'm talking sort of five in the morning absolute madness but anyway and I saw your <laughs> post <laughs> I saw your post and I suppose I was a, a slightly you know half asleep whatever and there was something that just said to me what have you got to lose you know you'd put this post out in November I guess it would have been maybe yeah October, yeah November. it was November yeah and um and uh you know you're asking for you know six women I think it was who've who've worked you know, in the corporate world, you know, perhaps they're finding specific things challenging at the time, whatever it was that your post said, I just thought, what have I got to lose? I 100% trust you, Andy, as a person, as a facilitator. So I felt like, well, you haven't got anything to lose, Bex. But at the, the time, I think a lot of people um, over here, and maybe even over in Australia, will attest that actually, um, People were beginning to work a lot more in isolation and what had become, um, you know, a bit of a novelty, I suppose, at the beginning of the year when we did go into lockdown, um, actually started to put a strain on people's mental health, their own self-worth, the way that they were looking at the, the work that they were doing in their own abilities. 
And I certainly found that, you know, if you go from working in a busy, buzzy, buzzy, what a buzzword that is, but a busy marketing agency where you're working with a hundred other people, you've got a creative team, you're with them every day, you've got that support of your peers and, and, don't get me wrong that's that's still there but it's in a different ilk right you're in your your spare room or whatever it is you've got kids in the background you know whatever your scenario is you are starting to doubt your abilities i believe on some level and i certainly was and i was questioning the most you know the minutia of everything i was sort of going into a bit of a spiral about basic decision making, about using my voice, um, about, well, the year's gone and what have I got to show for it? You know, very much internalizing a lot of this. And I suppose I thought that actually, well, this, what have I got to lose? And I keep saying that phrase, but, you know, it's something that I, I said after I did the, the program as well, is mm. that you can only come away from doing something like that feeling as though you've achieved something or you've learned something or you've developed in some way and you know that's certainly the case but at the time yeah I just felt like it's a phrase that came up a lot on the program was feeling as though I was in a hamster wheel and it was a, yeah, it was a phrase right. that you you and I kind of we kept we kept going back to and the other women on the mm. program did and I think this year has particularly uh, emphasize that um, feeling of what's important in life and um, what's our goal what, what what do we really want to be doing and it's and it's kind of shone a light on ourselves in terms of um, you know what what we're meant to be doing here exactly um, so yeah I think that's that's kind of why but I mean I'm sure we'll come on to this later but it's not necessarily the the full picture in terms of what I got from the program yeah, to to totally. And I think that's really good context, actually. And I think a lot of people listening will share or will certainly resonate with a lot of people that it's so interesting that, you know, for many of us, we need other people. I mean, we need as a human, in fact, what am I saying? Like as a human race, like we're wired for connection. I think some of us like to have more alone time and some of us like more time with other people and that's just the way that we are but mm. certainly when you've taken out of that kind of day-to-day where normally you get the fuel of other people and the energy of other people and then you're just on your own and you're reliant on yourself mm. it, it can be really challenging um so and, and 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 also you know look I live by myself as well so <clears throat> and I know you you do Andy and we've got our beautiful cats um and you know we're very happy with our our home lives and things and I you know I've bought this house myself and I've made it beautiful and painted it all pink obviously but you know when you're in a senior position you're a creative um you know I, I'm I'm working every day coming up with ideas briefing yeah. writers you know briefing designers working on pitches there's only so much um that you can do by yourself I believe I believe anyway and I think at the beginning of the lockdown you're you, you we were all thrown into this right and we had to it was sink or swim we had to just get on with it and work out what was going to work for us and I did a brilliant job of it and weirdly I kind of felt equipped I felt equipped to be able to do um do lockdown you know I was like oh I live by myself anyway so it's no problem guys like, I've got this started edit- <laughs> editing a magazine um and and I think as the year wore on it just became more and more um clear that a lot of people including myself you know were finding normal everyday tasks like super challenging um and yeah so in, in that respect a lot of the tools that I got from the program, which again, I'm sure we'll cover off, but you know, I wish I'd had it in March. <laughs> I wish yeah. I'd had them all at the beginning of lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think there's just like, just the normal things of like, you can't, cause you're not in an office with somebody, everything takes a lot more time. So normally you would just go up and speak to somebody in person and that would be done, but that didn't exist. And then I think the other thing, which um, I'd love you to talk about because I think this is one of the reasons that you joined the program or certainly what you wanted to get out of it is that suddenly 
the expectation felt like it was more. So everybody wanted more from people and this home and work life just became even more enmeshed, you yeah. know. Yeah, completely. It's like, um, where did it start? Where does it start and where does it end? And so maybe talk a little bit about what you were hoping to achieve from the program because I know some of it was yeah. kind of sat in and around that and yeah um, uh, yeah yeah, around the idea of of boundaries I guess and look I think um you know there there was a real feeling during this year for me anyway and I think for a lot of other people that you know well we should be very grateful that we've got work okay so with that came I need to prove my worth I need to show that I'm great at what I do and I'm irreplaceable and you need me in order to succeed, which meant that, you know, I think statistically we're all doing an extra two hours a day every day to pick up the slack of other people. But also I think, you know, on some level to show that we're irreplaceable and that we are worth what we say we're worth. And because you haven't got people there breathing down your neck, you have to show show up, don't you? You have to show... I am here, guys. I'm doing the work um, because they can't physically see you in an office. But for me, I think what I I found um, was challenging was being able to put boundaries in place between work and home. And and in fact, I had to do an interview the other day for an old colleague of mine around money and and the value of money. And... um, this is just going off on a bit of an aside, but he was asking me around um, value of money as a woman and putting boundaries in place when it comes to money and salaries, okay? And for me, I've always been quite good at knowing my worth in terms of a monetary value, Mm. what my day rate might be, what a salary would be that I'm happy with. But for some reason, before I joined the program, there was a bit of a disconnect in terms of my worth um, when it comes to my time and because of all the reasons that I just said really I suppose you're lucky to have work during during a pandemic right and and you feel like um, you should be grateful but I was finding it difficult to have conversations with senior people about things like contracts okay now this is pretty basic stuff as a 37 year old woman who's worked in the industry for you know, 12 years, but there was something was a disconnect for me. And I think breaking it down later on, you know, it's about the idea of having confidence in what you're worth yourself and not being shy enough, you know, not shying away from actually owning that. And one particular piece of, not advice, but kind of guidance and something we talked about in the program was the idea that uh, as women, I think we, in the workplace, we're often sort of told, take the emotion out of everything that you're doing. You know, if you've got to have a difficult conversation, make sure you don't cry. Make sure you just bring the facts to the CEO or whoever it is that's making the decisions and take that emotion out of the equation. And I remember in the first, in our first session, you sort of said to me, there's no there's no harm or not you didn't use those words that's not right you said there's no um shame in 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 showing your emotions because you're human and that is what makes you passionate about what you do anyway I remember after our first session I sort of went away and that percolated and it kind of resonated with me and I had a difficult conversation the next day and I was emotional in it you know I'm not saying that I was standing there crying or anything but I was and and there's no problem if that was the case but I just said how I felt I said look I'm anxious about this I'm feeling stressed about that and I needed a decision about this and actually what came out of that was the MD or CEO or whoever it was of this company that I was chatting to said you know what Bex I feel exactly the same way and it it built a bridge with that person Mm. and that was a really interesting learning from from the program because as I say you know in in kind of these kind of corporate environments emotion is seen as weakness you know oh she's crying again or you know oh she got very stressed in that boardroom meeting but actually it's just coming from a place of passion and um the fact that you know we're human for Christ's sake 
we're human <laughs> and actually yeah. sometimes if you do own that own that emotion in whatever situation you're in it will be reflected back at you from someone else who you're talking to because they're going through the same thing look a lot of these people we don't we have to we, we can't forget that no one's been through this situation this last year before it's not mm. as though the ceos and the fds and the mds and the creative no directors book for it. exactly there's no rule book so that was a really interesting learning from from the from the um program actually yeah and i think just having an open heart and being willing to be vulnerable allows the other person to come in you know when we think about putting a having a closed heart and having this armory like around us I always feel like um for those that remember like the the movie Robocop it kind of reminds me of that of like this kind of like bulletproof armor which yeah. like, well, no one can get into that you can't access anyone yeah it's, it, it's hard and it's it doesn't feel good whereas someone that's got that openness and willing to just lay it all out there mm. just show that you're human does make you more relatable and it's important to feel like, again, you can be you, you know, in that environment and yeah. that you're not going to be met with um, rejection or judgment by being being that person. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you talked earlier about the idea of, of, of the program and, and, and confidence and and it being very much focused around people that have been in the corporate world. OK, but actually that's a lesson that anyone can take in any aspect of life, whether it's relationships or workplace or your family or, you know, whatever it is. People aren't mind readers, unfortunately. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they don't want to be mind readers at all times. But, you know, people are not going to be waiting, going, Bex, are you feeling, <laughs> how are you feeling about every aspect of your day? You know, they're not going to guess that. So it's, in my own interest isn't it really to to own it and say look this is shit can you help me <laughs> yeah yeah totally and I just think that when you think about it from your own perspective of like how do you relate to people are you more inclined to relate to someone that is open has got heart about them has got passion versus someone that is close and is robotic and has this armor around them yeah the robocop yeah. Yeah. It's it's an analogy I always like to use because yeah. I see it a lot with clients, you know, I hear it a lot. It's like, oh, I can't be emotional. It's like, you can. It doesn't mean that you need to be airing all of your laundry out there for everyone and crying and sobbing and being controllable. You can still have yourself together and be emotional. Like both of those things are possible. Mm -hmm. And that's such an interesting conversation to be having. And, um, you know, more of that, I say. So, so. So you're talking about boundaries being the reason um, or what you were hoping to try and work through, I guess, as a result of, of the program, which it sounds like you did. And I know that you did um, certainly feel like you were stronger in that respect. Um, but maybe talk about where that journey then led to. Yeah, I mean, funnily enough, even after the first week, Andy, of so it's a six-week program, of course. Um, even after the first week, I kind of felt, came away and felt, oh, already I feel like I've got loads from the program. And I, and I know how to do this and I know how to do that. And, you know, I feel a bit stronger in terms of my own abilities and my own self. You know, I was going through a period of self-doubt, I suppose, and imposter syndrome, like you say. Um, but in terms of where it went you know, each week was something unraveled, something different unraveled on the program, which was brilliant. But I mean, it was really intense. I'm not going to lie. It was pretty intense, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but that's not a bad thing. Um, one of the, the, the sessions that, you know, really kind of sticks with me is we had to look back at our, what our values were, work out what our core values are. Now, to me, a lot of people will probably say, well, yes, no, I know what's important to me in life. Yeah, no, I know that. But, <laughs> interesting voice, but anyway, I'm going with it. Love it. Love um, it. 
but really, do we? Do we really know what our values are? I don't, I'm not. I'm not sure because the noise of everyday life gets in the way. Okay, you know, you and I both know that we're good, kind people, but do we know what our true values are? And and this, I don't know. I think this must have been week maybe two or three, but it was a really interesting exercise. And actually, it's probably one of the most important exercises I've had to do in my life. I'm going to say because. Wow it's at the fundamental um you know it's the foundation let's say of the decisions that we should be making in our lives so yeah. i mean i'm i'm just going to just to give listeners a bit of context around this essentially what we had to do and it was brilliant because as i say you don't stop and think right my values are this that and the other uh, you know andy you'd given us uh, i guess it would have been about 30 maybe uh values um ranging from everything from you know wealth to um i don't know health let's say <laughs> oh i rhymed um it's <laughs> very good very good and i haven't even had a coffee um you know and there was a whole mixture of things you could see straight away uh that it was to appeal to loads of different types of people essentially and our task was obviously to go through and and highlight i think it was five or five key values okay and um so it was really difficult and i think one of the women on the on the program could only could only um get down to 12 i think and i and i completely agree i was like really just five anyway we had to go through them and it was and it was a really interesting exercise because really it, it, you have to face what is at the core of what's important to you and there were some interesting ones that came up for me but what it's taught me was to make sure that I'm trying to align to all of those values in everything that I do, in the clients that I work with, in the way I talk to myself and talk to other people, um, in the in the decisions I'm making around my lifestyle, so food, around exercise, the way I spend my money. Um, and just to give you a bit of context, I suppose, I think mine were um, love, stability, peace, which was interesting. Yeah, I loved peace. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Um, I can't remember what I've just said now. Peace, exercise, love, stability, stability. and, oh, humour. Humour or laughter. And I think that was a really key point in the programme for me because you go through life, don't you, going, you know, I'm just going to do this job and I'm moving on to the other job. And in your gut, you know whether something's right for you or not. But actually having those values in black and white is a really useful exercise because whether that's relationships that you go into or whether that's, you know, a contract that you take, if they don't align with your values, then what are you really doing? You know, it's mm. not, they're going to be at odds with, with what your, your, you believe as a person and what's important to you. So it's likely not to work out, surely. <laughs> and I, th- and I think to that as well, what's really important is that, um, this is a question of where we start to, abandon ourselves Mm. because we look at something we may look at an opportunity and we can see it doesn't align with our values but we're going to do it anyway and there's nothing wrong with that because whatever path you're supposed to be on that's a lesson and there's something in there for you and we've all done it me included but it is interesting where we make decisions that aren't necessarily in our highest good and we look back and go oh that was interesting that I did that I knew at that time that in, as you say, like in my gut or in my soul, it wasn't necessarily the best choice for me, but I did it anyway. And then that is also the work, like, well, why did we do that? Why did we abandon ourselves um, with something that wasn't aligned really for to who we are? Um, that is where I think it's really interesting work um, because everything is about you being solid inside. You know, when you're talking about your worth, you know, often that can be related to making some of those decisions too. It's like, well, is that because we're seeking validation externally from from somebody else or something else? And that's why we make that choice. Um, Are we scared, um, living in fear that if we make this decision that something else won't come along that's better for us? Particularly when it comes to things like jobs and relationships, right? You know, we can often be in a, a lack scarcity mindset where even though we know that it's not for our highest good we do it anyway in fear that the better job relationship person that's meant for us won't appear so Mm. 
Mm. Bit of a side note on that, but I think it's really important to talk about because it's, it's, it's as important to look at when we make decisions based on our values and what's in alignment with us as well as when we don't. Oh, yeah, and yeah, not making that mean anything, just exploring that and going, okay, we get to look at that, you know. So, yeah, and I mean, look, it's not, I completely agree with what you say in terms of it, it's not a wrong decision necessarily, it's what you were meant to be doing at the time, you know, it's the path that you're meant to have taken. Mm. And actually, sometimes I think when you're in it, you think you ignore, you suppress those flags or warnings, and, and you know, look, I, a lot of what came out of um, the program was in regards to relationship choices, for instance. So absolutely nothing to do with corporate world or work, but relationship choices. And again, just to go back to the idea of values and, and following your gut or your heart or your soul or whatever you believe, you know, when you're in it, sometimes you ignore those signs, don't you? You ignore the fact that, well, actually this guy is not quite right for me, but he's you know, he's got X, Y, and Z going for him. So sod it, I'm going with it. And it's not until you come away slightly scathed out the other <laughs> side that you, you can look back and then go, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe I should have, maybe I should have um, just paused and listened to that little little flag earlier on. But it, look, it, it's learnings, isn't it? It's learnings. All of these things are learnings and developments. They 100% are, and I think that's, exactly the way to look at it is none of it's wrong it's an opportunity for to learn and to grow and to take that into where we go next and so for you obviously you've just talked about the importance of values and how you're now bringing that into your life um, when it comes to decision making on on every level which I really love um, and really pleased that that's something that you're continuing as a practice because it is a practice of course mm. um it's easy just to believe the first thing that comes in, comes up in our head because that's what we've always thought but consciously choosing something else um again requires you to to sit and just pay attention um but other things started to come to the surface for you right as you went through the program do yeah. you want to talk about that outside of you know, obviously the values that show, yeah, hearing that that was a really good exercise for you. But, but yeah. I guess what I'm interested in is, is just talking a little bit about this idea of what success was going to look like for you and actually what, what it really looks like, you know, what you've received as, as a result of the program, which is, you know, I, I love. Yeah, completely. I mean, look, when you asked me to be on the podcast, I did say to you, didn't I? <laughs> But I haven't um, launched my own company or, you know, uh, I'm not an ambassador for a charity or I haven't overcome some kind of life-threatening illness. And I felt, a bit, I have to say, I, I felt a bit of a fraud because I thought, what, why, why are you asking me to be on this, Andy? Anyway, we chatted it out, didn't we? Obviously, we like to chat. <laughs> yeah. I just said you'd be and... good fun to have on the podcast anyway. <laughs> um, and it was the idea. And I'm right. Uh, and the, thank you. Checks in the post, babe. Um, the thing <laughs> I think the the thing that is important to remember, and you and you articulated it on the phone to me earlier, is the idea of what success is. And look, I came out of the program, and I had taken all these learnings, which is a success in itself, right? I didn't do the program and come away and go, well, that was a bloody waste of time. I mean, you know, Andy doesn't know what she's talking about, you know. So, um, <laughs> you know, it was it was absolutely, even if I just had done one session, it would have been a success. So I came away, really, I guess, with a new, looking at life through a slightly different lens, let's say. A lot of the stuff that came up and again, this may be triggering for some people, and it certainly was triggering for me, obviously, because I'm now in this journey of of healing, if you want to call it that. Mm. But it, one of the things that, you know, we ca came up was the idea of, um, let's say, self-love, self compassion, self-compassion. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, we were talking about the kind of attributes in other people that we admire. And for me, one of them was um, the idea of being maternal. And we're mm. talking about our, pe our, our friends and 
um, in particular, I was talking about my sister. And I said, you know, she's fantastic. She's so kind. She's so maternal. She's great mum. She's a businesswoman. La, la, da, da, da. And being maternal was actually one of the words that I used to describe myself. And I'm 37. I think this year has really highlighted the fact that I'm, I'm, you know, thinking about whether I do want a family, mm. um, whether I'm happy by myself. And, and, and it's really, really made me think about that but the idea of being maternal really stuck with me through the program because you said to me well how can you be maternal to yourself okay and the way I've been treating myself recently is is probably the opposite of being maternal Um, and something that came out of the program was that I've got a very difficult challenging relationship with food yeah. You know, I suffered with bulimia when I was a teenager. Um, and it's something that's never really gone away. It's something that's never really gone away. And I very much felt like having bulimia, you, you kind of just get on with it. And, oh, well, I'm not bulimic anymore. That was something that I did when I was growing up. You know, whatever. I'm 37 now. Do you like my voices that I'm doing? <laughs> I love them. That's great. It's like, welcome to the creative in the room. <laughs> a psychologist would have a lot to say about this, I'm sure. Um, multiple, but, multiple personalities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but <laughs> the thing that kind of came out of the program was that actually I, I've got an eating disorder. I've got an eating disorder and I need to just own the fact that that is the case. Okay. and. To be honest, I can't even think about the, I can't even work out what part of the program this came out of, but it was just talking around the idea of being more maternal to the seven-year-old, I think you said to me in one mm. session. You said, mm. how can you be more maternal to the little Bex? I did, yeah. Um, and obviously I started crying because, you know, I, cr- I think I cried every week. <laughs> Which is, is fine. It's, it's progress, yeah. isn't it? Right. It's he. Yeah, absolutely. Get um, that out. Yeah. And, um, looking at my values and looking at the person who has an eating disorder is not, they're not a lot. It's not aligned, is it? There's something not right there. So I think what's come out of it is that I have owned this aspect of me as a person and I've gone, okay that's not something that's gone away. I haven't just buried that under the carpet and I can move on. It's something that's come out of it and I've had to go, right, I need to get some help on this. I need to face it. I need to do some healing work on it. And I need to actually just sit with it as well. I need to sit with it for a while because, Mm. you know, it's not something that's fixed overnight. And I think I tried to fix it myself and I, you know, it's, it's, I need to get some help on it and work out how that's impacting different aspects of my life and why why it's happening why it's happening yeah yeah and that relationship with food and you know a lot of people sort of draw parallels between the idea of food and love and it's interesting that these things are kind of I don't know intertwined let's say yeah 100% and look I thank you for sharing that I think it takes a lot of courage to share your story anyway anybody sharing a story it takes courage to be able to talk openly in a public domain about it but to talk about something that is um so raw um can be painful at times um particularly around the relationship with food and eating disorders it's um and for many people it's it's lifelong um, so being able to talk about that openly, I just want to acknowledge you and say thank you for, for doing that because I do believe that it will help other people as well. And I think one of the things that I just wanted to touch on here is, is this idea of that it's not just about fixing it. It's about how you can actually still love yourself and give yourself kindness and compassion and be maternal as you are working through it. Um, and I think often that part gets missed that we can um, certainly have a lot of shame and guilt um, around things like an eating disorder and that we just want to 
fix it and get it out the way. And, and we can often experience hate for ourselves um, because that's what we're doing. And I talk about that because I also have firsthand experience. So I, I can say that um, for myself. But being able to acknowledge that that is something that is happening in your life that's not serving you, but then you go and seek help and support to be able to work through it and also find ways to love yourself as you were doing that is is just the important work um and I, I I really do feel that that bit gets missed and forgotten about that it's well when we've sorted out the eating disorder then we can love ourselves mm. we can actually we can actually exist with an eating disorder and still love ourselves it's possible mm. um and I think that's something that we started to work through didn't we um in the program with you is how can this exist in your life and you go and get help and also find ways to nourish yourself mm. um and i remember part of that and your homework was, <laughs> yes was how do, you, homework. how do you do that you know and this isn't about getting into the depths of that you know the eating disorder um at all but it's about yeah, just some of the ways that you were able to find um, support and I guess nourishment and love and care for yourself, not in a, a fake Pollyanna way, but like what is your self-care practice that can help you at this time? Um, and this for me is success because uh, you now seeking help in a way that it's not my area of expertise is amazing mm. it's where you needed to be it's your next stage of your journey yeah and uh I love that that's what has come out of this for you because it's tapped into something that's deeper mm. more deep-rooted and it's gonna be your next piece of work yeah yeah completely and look I mean that 5am trip onto uh LinkedIn or whatever it was I wouldn't I wasn't going there with a heavy heart going oh I'm you know I've, I've, I'm, I'm not very well and I need this that and the other it's about having an open heart isn't it right and and trusting that process and I wasn't who would have known that actually what came out of the program was something that I had buried quite deeply and I think for the other women as well, you know, I don't feel as, and I can't speak for them, but I do feel that there was interesting learnings that came out of the program that weren't all focused around work, um, but they were focused around more deep-rooted, um, I don't like the word, issues, but, you know, deep-rooted um, parts of their makeup, let's say, that that needs a bit of love and needs yeah. a bit of healing. Um, one of the, one of the things, um, we, we had to do it, uh, for the homework, um, was, um, working out what our mantras were. Um, do you remember Andy? And it was a really interesting session because it was almost like scooping together uh, uh, the learnings from the program. Yeah. And I've got mine here actually, because I just wanted a bit of a reminder because, yeah. uh, in the, in the first or second week, um, I think it was the bombshell where you said, you know, how, how, I can't do your accent, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> how can you be maternal to yourself? That's terrible. That's a terrible try. How can you be it's maternal? It's a bit of a hybrid accent. How can you be maternal to yourself? And then, you know, a few weeks later, our, our homework was doing our mantras. Okay. And my mantra was this. I've scribbled it out and rewritten it as a good editor always should. Um, you deserve to be as kind, loving and maternal to yourself as you are to others. And just to your point, really, about loving yourself on these healing journeys or, you know, whatever it is that you, you, your next step of your journey is, you can, you can be loving to yourself throughout that, right? You know, it's not easy. It's not easy being by yourself especially during a bloody pandemic yeah. um, and, you know, in your four walls. But it's about, I suppose, tapping into how you, how you are as a person in regards to treating other people. Why do we not do that to ourselves, right? 
Why do we not treat ourselves with more kindness and love? And I think it's a really important lesson that's come out of of the programme. And also it's been mirrored this year with the pandemic is that, you know, it's very easy to put up posters and post online saying, be kind to everyone, yada, yada, yada. But how about being kind to ourselves a bit more during all of this? And well, not just during all of this, but throughout our lives. Yeah. And that's where it needs to start. You know, it's it's bringing back to connection to self, right? It's it's bringing. Often we've got like the head part, which is where we operate a lot from, but actually when we come back into our bodies and we really start to connect in with ourselves, that's when we can go. How are we treating ourselves? Mm. How can we give ourselves more love and compassion? And I'm, I'm such a. I talk about this all of the time, but I am such a um, advocate for working through the polarities of life and knowing that everything is and it's not all you know like you've just talked about today that you are sitting managing an eating disorder and you're also full of life laughter hilarious (laughs) loving for yourself and others right so it's not that all of those things come once you fix that Mm that can exist, you know, and on a very simple level, you know, I do believe things like you can be happy and sad in any one moment. You know, you could have be experiencing grief, but also you can laugh at the same time. You know, yeah. I think being able to remember that um just wakes us up a little bit so that when we have the heaviness of things that do sit in our heart, we don't have to stay in that place. We don't have to live there we can acknowledge and accept that they're a part of us and that is the work that we get to do and the shadow work is the important work and the more that we face that, Mm. that's where the growth is, that's where the opportunity is, that's where the possibilities come. It's not something to run away from, it's something to go and meet and it's sometimes a really sharp edge to get into but gosh, when you start to work through that, it's such an amazing reward. So I just wanted to highlight to people that life doesn't start when you think you've fixed something. You live your extraordinary life now with everything that exists in it. You know, the ups, the downs, the cycles of life, the shadow, the light, all of those things. Mm. It's it's so important. So I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent, but it's I do think that, and I hear it a lot, is, well, when I have this, then I will be. So you can be happy now. It's available to you right now. Mm. You can be living right now. I suppose it's, um, have these things. you know, working out what what it is that you, th- you know, people think, right, when I le- lose 10 kilo, kilos, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be happy. Or when I get that job or if I get that relationship, I'm going to be happy. But actually, the work... We call it the work, don't we, Andy? <laughs> we do. The work. Um, you know, something that also came out of the program was around relationships, just to use that as an example. But it's like, when I get a relationship, I'm going to be happy. When I get married, I'm going to be happy. But actually, it's made me realize that I, I need to be happy with other aspects of life before I go in diving into my, um, you know, other aspects, so relationships. and And you know, I think, especially as women, we are very much conditioned to believe that you need to, in order to be happy, you need to be married, you need to have kids, you need to have a mortgage, you need to be a successful business person, you need this, you need that, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you can't help but get, you know, absorbed in all of that stuff. But actually, part of what the programs taught me is you know, there's more to life than all those things. And being happy with yourself and in yourself is probably the most important aspect, right? Um, And then that comes across in every other aspect of your life. So whether that's in work or relationships, um, but if you're at odds with, with, you know, yourself, then you're not really going to be attracting the right either types of people or types of jobs, which I'm proving (laughs) proving myself. Which every single human being on earth can also attest to. But I think yeah. it's thinking about when you think about that, it's like, do you want to bring that energy into a relationship or a job where you feel like you're going to be happy when you get it? Because mm. imagine if someone was bringing that to you, 
that kind of needy feeling, it's codependency, <laughs> those kind of things. It doesn't feel good. Um, so that's why it's important to do that work. But to your other point as well, just around this idea of conditioning of we as women, uh, it's also, I think, you know, there's conditioning for men too as an yeah, expectation completely. of like you, you take on a certain role, there's a certain, you know, way that your life gets to play out. And what I'm here for is what's your way? What's important mm. for you? What feels good for you? Do that, even if it goes against everything that society will tell you. If it's in your heart and soul, then you know it's true for you. Mm. And that's that's what I always like to sit in, you know, working with, with people. Um, it's so important because obviously that's the value that I hold for myself. So a couple more questions before I let you go, because I'm sure you want to get into your coffee in your day um I guess what would you say to any other women that are thinking of joining that program or I'm a producer of the programs but any of the women any of the women that are, are thinking of joining or working with me working in this kind of space what would you say to them yeah I think that's um a really good question because I didn't have any expectations when I join the program and I and I'm pleased I didn't actually so I would say go in with an open heart and an open mind um you've got nothing to lose you know you really you, you really don't have anything to lose um but yeah go in go in with an open heart because you might be surprised you might be surprised at what comes up try it's very difficult because actually some weeks were quite challenging I'm not going to lie because you're facing you're facing things that maybe you haven't faced ever or certainly for a long time. And Andy, you're very good at reflecting, you know, you sit with what, with the people, what I was saying on, on the program and you're very good at picking up on the tiniest little detail and reflecting that back. So that can be challenging, but, but trust the process. I would say, trust the process. If you are, considering doing the program um only good can come out of it only good can come out of it you know you will learn something about yourself even if it's just one thing right it's important um and trust the path trust the path and trust the process yeah well, I mean also as well Andy look I, I mean you and I it's been really nice because it's given us a chance to rekindle our friendship and mm -hmm. I never had any shadow of a doubt that you would not hold a safe space for all of us women and that you would be great at facilitating um the conversation and and the program but actually you were better than I imagined I I kind of every week I look forward to seeing you and mm. you know you've got such a great energy um so if that is a stumbling block for anyone and you're concerned about you know well, I don't know, Andy, what's it going to be like? You know, oh, I'm going to have to open up about all my feelings and stuff. Just go with it because, you know, I could talk to you, Andy, for hours and feel safe and feel, you know, you're listening and that you're, you've got my interests and my, um, my journey, you know, you hold that. How can I explain this? You've got my interests at, at I can't think of the phrase. At, at heart? heart? At heart. Mm. <laughs> she yeah. needs the coffee. Someone get her a coffee. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think I think for me what I like to 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 explore is is that kind of like what are the future possibilities? What's the kind of vision that we're trying to hold for you and then work help you walk through that towards that. Um it's it's super important. So thank you for saying all of that. It's been a pleasure absolutely like reconnecting with you and also just being with all of the other women as well like it was every week I also looked forward to it so much um just great energy everybody showing up and I think that was the that was um you know really interesting actually just people taking personal responsibility for showing up and doing the work in service of achieving growth and, and a better outcome for themselves and you know this is an, a bit of an old adage but you do get out what you put in you know yeah. you're willing to show up with that as I always talk about it's 
it's bloody vulnerable at times. It's um, the, the work is always about being courageous. Like you get confidence by having this belief in yourself that you could do something that you've never done before. Yes, having experience of something gives you confidence because you know that you can do it. But when you're doing this kind of work, you're constantly on a new level. You get to a point and then you're on the next level, which is where you're at, right? So you've done other work previous to me. You did this program and you've reached a point and it's like like being in a computer game. You go to the next level and that's where you're at. It's like the next stage for you starts with you your relationship with food and with a psychologist and then we don't know where that's going to go but being open to whatever that possibility is you know that you will be more just more aligned to who you are you'll feel more at home in your own skin um and just self-acceptance and feeling stronger you know in in yourself yeah yeah and the other thing I would say as well is that you know, it is, you are in a, a place where you are vulnerable because you are digging deep in some sessions and you don't realize that that's what you're going to be doing. Yeah. But I think the more open and honest uh, you can be on the program, the more you're going to get out of it. If you, if you kind of go to the program feeling like, well, I'm not really, I don't really, I don't really want to share all this you know, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. It might, it might be something that comes to you outside of a session, but I think the more open and honest you can be, um, during the sessions, you know, you're able to, you've got a great knack Andy of picking up on things and people's energy. And I would just encourage any woman doing the program to, to try and bring that to the sessions if they can, because something will come out of those, those weekly meetups uh, that you might be surprised about I would say yeah and that's part of this purpose of you doing the podcast today is to talk about that you receive exactly what you're meant to in any moment that whatever modality or whatever practice you're going through you'll receive exactly what you're meant to and by releasing the expectation that it gets to be something else means that it opens up the possibility for more to come through and I always say you know the thing's never the thing what people come and work with me for is never the thing it always Mm. ends up being something else and that's what is really beautiful I think about about that um really expansive so thank you for saying that I have one final question for you yeah I'll allow that yes yes thank you yes yes your honor yes (laughs) awesome what does true confidence mean to you? True confidence. Okay. I think we're very much taught, you know, confidence is being, you know, bold in front of the camera and brave and this and being able to be a good public speaker, right? That's where your brain to, goes to when you're younger, I think, when you think of confidence. But actually, as a 37-year-old, it doesn't really mean that anymore. It means being true to yourself and being true to other people about who you are in in my mind anyway and and actually not feeling afraid to again speak up align to your own values and say to someone you know actually do you know what I don't agree with you here's what I think and actually being authentic in terms of who you are to yourself and to other people I think that's what confidence is but also in in a work let's just just go back again to the to the idea of in a, in a workspace confidence is believing in in yourself and your capabilities and i think for a lot of people listening to this we've gone through a really difficult year where we're doubting ourselves and we don't know whether we're good at our jobs anymore you know we we just don't even know what the hell's going on and i think being confident is is just tapping back into that you know you're good at what you're doing otherwise you wouldn't be doing it right and owning that and believing it and showing showing other people that you believe it I think is is what confidence is in in work I love that thank you thank you so much this has been awesome I could speak to you for hours same same I feel like I feel like I should just get you back because it's fun anyway Um, I know same time next week the banter (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should set up a separate podcast it's just about us two and cats 
absolutely. I won't, I won't say what we'll call it. I'll say that it's not very PG. We'll call it something else, but I'll come up with, I'll come up with a name. Uh, but do you think Basil and uh, my cat, Lady Diana, would be um, up for that? Not sure. I reckon. I reckon. Basil, are you in? Right now. Yeah. yeah. Ladies asleep again. Yeah. Anyway. I love that. Thank you so much. Listen, and- Andy, thank you. I mean, look, I, I can't thank you enough because as I say, look, you and I, you and I know each other well, but it's just been an absolute like joy to see this side of you. When we worked together in the corporate industry, it was completely different worlds, right? And mm. it's a different chapter for both of us. Yeah. You know, and, and just being able to work together like this has been great. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. 